0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. Uh, we're just going to dive right in here, man. I don't have any ads for this today. I don't have any introductions, uh, nothing really to talk to you about other than the family leadership program, which I'm always stoked about. If you want to come join us over there, um, that would be great. You can do that by going to dadtired.com forward slash lead. We'd love to have you, but we'll just dive right in, dude. Um, to be totally honest with you, man, it was kind of a, an emotional week for me. Um, a little bit of a heavy week. If you've been listening to the Dad Tired podcast for a while, you've probably heard me allude to the fact that Dad Tired really started out of a really painful season in my own journey, um, just personally. And uh, I have purposely never really shared details about that. I didn't really feel like they were relevant or necessary, especially for you. I know that you turn on this podcast to try to figure out what it looks like for you to be the best husband and father and disciple that you can be. And so you're not always interested in uh, my own personal story, which I, I totally get, man. I'm, <laughs> uh, I am I totally understand that. Um, but I want to share a little bit about why this week was heavy for me um, and then kind of give you context uh, how Dad's tired started, and I'm only doing that really to give you context of kind of the bigger thing that God has laid on my heart for you this week. Um, so if you bear with me as I share some details from the past, I think it'll be helpful for you um, just context-wise as we jump into what it looks like for you as a dad to lead your family well. Um, six years ago, I had been uh, part of a church um, for a long time. I'd actually been in church world ministry for 13 years. And then I was asked by a good friend of mine, um, he said, hey, Jared, if you ever want to come be part of some church planting, I'd love for you to come join me uh, in, in planting some churches, which I have a very entrepreneurial spirit. I think that's how God wired me. And so I was excited about the opportunity. We had been friends for years, and uh, but we had never worked together. And so I was excited to move on. Um, it, it was hard for me to leave the church that I was currently at because it was a wonderful church many of the time. If you've heard me say, hey, my mentor or mentor once told me or anytime I use the word mentor, I'm likely talking about some of the guys from that previous church um, who were just deeply impactful in my personal journey with Jesus, man. They were just so, so intentional about pouring into me as a young pastor. And uh, so I left that church, which was hard, but I was excited about the new Things that were going to come uh, in in the future with church planting, and so I stepped out uh, of my role at the previous church and moved into this new role with my friend to plant churches. I was there less than a year and uh, knew pretty quickly that this was not a good fit for me personally, and uh, and it wasn't going to be a good fit for me. And um, pretty quickly. Me and this person, and I'm, I'm purposely being confidential here for the sake of it. It's, the details really aren't the point of what I'm trying to get at here. Um, but, I'm, but I am trying to paint a good picture for you. So me and this person, uh, we started to butt heads and uh, we started to see things differently. And it came down to um, a final conversation where I was blindsided by the things that this person said. And um, I've heard people... Let's talk about this in, in the past. Being in the church world for 13 years, I'd heard a lot of people say that they had been hurt by the church and uh, that that maybe somebody in leadership had hurt them. And my experience in the church was fairly good. and And I had met many wonderful leaders, servants, humble men and women who were giving their lives for the sake of the gospel and the glory of Jesus. And that was my experience. And so when I heard people say that they had been hurt by the church, my kind of default subconscious thought was, well, it was probably you. <laughs> you're you're probably the one that did something wrong here because the church leaders I've met have been awesome. Well, on this particular day, um, after months of kind of friction, I sat down uh, with this person, a friend, and, uh, and my boss at the time, and I was blindsided by what they said to me. Um, it was the most without a doubt, the most hurtful words I've ever heard somebody say to me. Um, deeply attacking my character, who I am as a person, um, my worth, my value. Um, and just for context sake, I heard things about how I am not fit for ministry. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't have a future in ministry. I'm not very good at this whole thing. Um, I mean, and these are, I'm giving you the, the G and PG version of how that day went. Um, and to be honest, man, um, it was just, I, I can't under, like, I can't overemphasize how hurtful that day was. I left in shock and I left in pain. Um, I, that sent me that, that moment really sent my life into a tailspin. I came home. My wife asked me how that day went. I said that I had got fired and that these really hurtful things were said to me. I was blindsided completely. And uh, she laughed because she thought I was joking. I'd been in ministry 13 years. Uh, it always had been going great. <laughs> so it, it was truly seemed unbelievable. And uh, and she laughed and I said, no, I'm serious. Like today was terrible. And here's what happened. And that day started a season in our marriage that was by far the worst season that we've ever experienced. Deeply painful. I wrestled with identity. I moved into a deep season of depression. I pulled away from my wife. I pulled away from my kids. I hated the church. I hated being around anything Christian or in God's ministry. I hated all of it, and I had vowed I never want to be part of any of this ever again. I vowed I'm going to be in business, I'm going to go do business stuff, and uh, I will make my life outside of church because this is messed up, and I never want to be part of that any of that ever again. And, uh, and in the middle of all that, I did not know if our marriage would continue. In fact, there were times where I thought for sure we were going to end in a divorce. And there was one day in particular where uh, Layla, and I've shared this story in books and things before, but I wanted to give you some more context here. Um, There was one day when Layla, we were in the middle of a fight, and she was staring at me as I was saying really hurtful things to her, and she started to get tears in her eyes, and she said, Jared, I just want you to know that every morning I I get up at 2 in the morning and I go into the living room, and I pray that God would capture your heart again. And that was a slap in the face to me, man. That was the Holy Spirit had used that moment, had used her faithful prayers to start to turn my heart back to his, to start to soften my heart toward all the walls that had been built up. And and uh, and and I, and that was really the start of Dad Tired. Not that I was trying to start any kind of ministry, but I just happened to write on my Facebook page, uh, I wrote a little blog that basically said that story. I told him uh, in this blog, I talked about how Layla had been praying for me. Uh, I talked about how I didn't want to be the man that I had been the last several months. I was depressed and that ended up uh, me wanting, I, I ended up in counseling. Layla and I went to counseling together. I started to find some healing. That blog ended up getting going viral. I knew nothing about blogs or podcasts or anything like that. And I'll spare you all the details here, man, because I'm rambling a little bit, but that is how Dad Tired started. More and more people started to be interested in the idea that men could be broken and still want to follow Jesus and lead their family well. And so I was just processing in the middle of all my hurt that if you listen to some of the very first podcasts that I ever recorded, many of them came out of that deep season of pain and hurt. And here we are, five, coming going on six years now, uh, later, where I am... Uh, This is a full-time gig for me and uh, I get to hang out with you guys and talk to you guys and be part of the Dad Tire Leadership Program where we interact personally and do conferences. I meet you face-to-face and write books and all that. And God, I always say, God tricked me back into ministry. The reason I tell you all of that is not so that we can just talk about drama. I've been so careful over the years to not, I'm not trying to be dramatic or throw people under the bus, give uh, unnecessary details that don't help build up God's church. I don't want to do any of that. That's even why I'm purposely still being a little bit vague here. The reason why I tell you all that and why it's been a heavy week for me is because there were people involved in that particular church uh, and that I just completely disassociated myself with. I, I wanted nothing to do with the church, like I said, but I, I didn't want any to do with, with this particular church, uh, lowercase c, this, this particular place. And uh, there have been all kinds of events that have been happening this year, some restoration, some friction, some hard things, some things have come to light this year that had been buried for a long time. Uh, and that's all been happening in my personal life behind the scenes. I haven't mentioned any of this on the podcast. I tell you all of this because this week somebody from that particular church reached out uh, and asked if they could meet with me. They actually asked months ago, and I said no um, because I didn't want to be part of it. I, I still didn't feel like that part of my heart was completely healed, and I wasn't ready to do that. And they reached out again, and they said, "Hey, I, I'm not really. I'm not going to let this go. I, I really want to meet face to face." And uh, here's the thing: this is this is why I'm telling you all of this as a man. As a dad, as a a disciple of Jesus, I am trying my best to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus, especially when God calls us to hard things. Dude, to be honest, man, it's easy to sit in front of this computer and to record a, a you know, a podcast episode. It's easy to write a book. It's not really, it's actually really hard to do that, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's way easier to do these things to talk about the things of God than to actually live out the things of God. And dude, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I feel all the time like I'm, What? Well, how in the world do I have any kind of, you know, right to tell you guys anything about God when I personally feel like I'm struggling all the time with my own journey in following Jesus. And I just want to, every time I'm challenged, With the situation to step outside of my comfort zone, I wanna run toward it because that's what Jesus' followers do. We move toward hard things, we don't run away from hard things. This is what Jesus meant when he said, Take the narrow road. Many will choose the wide path, but it's hard to follow me, and very few people will choose to do it. This is why the road is narrow. For all kinds of reasons, it's hard to follow Jesus, but this particular week was one of those moments where I had to decide if I want to actually be a follower of Jesus, it will mean me doing what Jesus told me to do, and it will probably be really, really hard. Um, Before we move on, before I get to kind of the main point that I want to make, I want you just to stop for a second. I want you to ask yourself, what hard thing are you called to step into right now? Is there something hard that you're running from? Is there something hard that you're avoiding? Is there something you feel like you need to step into but just makes you a little bit uncomfortable? Because the truth is, dude, a good leader is not somebody who is never scared. A good leader is someone who runs towards the things that they're scared of. The reality is, when it comes to spiritual leadership, it's really, really hard to train your children in qualities that you don't currently possess. Uh, if you think back with me to Deuteronomy 6, you've probably heard this passage. You, maybe you're not familiar with the scriptures. That's okay. Um, but there's this passage that's used oftentimes when we're talking about, you, you'll hear this a lot in parenting conferences or when we're talking about parenting. I even wrote about this uh, in my book and when we're talking about parenting. But there, listen to this verse in Deuteronomy, verse 1. It says this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then listen to what he says, this very famous verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorframes of your houses and on your gates. God is saying, the writer of Genesis here, or of Deuteronomy is saying, listen, love God with everything you've got and then teach your kids about God every opportunity you get. But listen, did you catch that first part? Before God wants you to teach your children about him and to talk to them about him, he first commands that you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Bro, listen, this may be the most important parenting advice you hear all week. The prerequisite for teaching your kids about Jesus is first that you are in love with God yourself. It's really hard to pass on something that you don't have. And so, if I want to be a dad who teaches my children how to forgive, then I must be a dad who's willing to forgive. And man, that is way easier to say on a podcast in an empty room with this microphone and a computer in front of me. It's way easier to tell you when you don't know about my personal life and I can just kind of go do whatever I want and just tell you that, yeah, you should forgive. It's way harder. To sit across the table from somebody, somebody that has potentially hurt you deeply, to look them in the eye and to genuinely forgive them. That's way harder, man. It's hard to pass on something that you don't have. And so this week, as I thought about, man, do I want to be the kind of man that God is calling me to be? Do I want to be the kind of dad that I want my kids to be one day? Then I personally have to step in to some hard things. It's hard to tell your kids to love Jesus when you don't really love Jesus. It's hard to tell your kids to obey when you aren't obeying your Heavenly Father. It's hard to tell your kids to forgive when you're holding on to hate. It's really hard to tell your kids to remain pure when you're looking at porn. It's hard to tell your kids to be patient when you're constantly losing your temper. If all of these sound hard to you, maybe even impossible Uh, don't worry. Uh, I have good news for you. You're in good company. Jesus once taught a lesson to his friends about how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. His disciples heard that teaching and they thought the same thing you're probably thinking right now. What in the world? Like who can do it then? Who is going to be able to go to heaven? If it's hard for this guy, who's going to be able to do this? And Jesus looked back at them and he said this, with people, it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Here's the truth, man. You can be the man God is calling you to be for your kids, but it's not going to be because you tried harder. It will be by the grace of God and his spirit working in and through you. I want you to stop whatever you're doing right now, man. I just want you to pray. Just pause for a second and just pray this with me. God, I want to be the man that you're calling me to be, but I cannot do it by myself. I can't do it in my own strength. I need you, God, to be the dad through me that you would be to my kids. I need you, God, to be the husband to my wife that you would be to her through me. God, do things in and through me that are bigger than myself. Give me the courage to step into hard things. I desperately need you, God. Amen. May we be men who don't just teach our children about forgiveness. Would we be men who have a reputation of radical grace? May we be men who don't just teach our kids not to lie. Would we be perpetual truth tellers? May we not just be men who tell our kids not to look at inappropriate things. Would we be men of integrity? May we be men who are beat up and wrung out and wore out for the sake of the gospel at the end of our lives, but men who pass on a baton that we actually carried ourselves, not just one that we read about. If you want your kids to be in love with Jesus, you first must be in love with Jesus. If you want your kids to forgive, then you must forgive. If you want your kids to be pure, then you have to chase after purity you want your kids to be truth tellers, then be a truth teller. This is what spiritual leadership looks like. It means that we actually live out what we believe. And that kind of experience builds deep character within us that we share wisdom, not from a book, but from something that we've lived out. May we not just tell our kids about the narrow road that we read about. Would we have feet that's actually touched it? I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Hey guys, I just wanted to end this with a little update. I realized when I went back to edit this podcast, I never actually told you what happened. I told you that I want to be a man who steps into hard things, but I didn't tell you if I actually did it or not. And so I just wanted you to know that uh, we did end up meeting. Uh, And here's the truth, man. We sat down together uh, at a restaurant and we had a cheeseburger and we drank a beer and we talked to each other and there was tears that were cried And uh, the truth is, dude, that the kingdom of heaven invaded earth that day in the restaurant Um, because that's what spiritual leaders do. We run towards things that scare us. And I'm grateful for this man who, instead of running away from things that were hard and scary, he ran toward them. Uh, And I'm grateful that the spirit of God prompted me to have the courage to sit down with him and to meet with him. And uh, dude, that's just what kingdom people do. We run towards things that are hard because we know Jesus is our hope. We don't have to put hope in other people. We don't have to put hope in all kinds of other circumstances. We put our hope in Christ and his gospel is the thing that unites us. And uh, And so we just got a glimpse of restoration. We, get a gl- we got a glimpse of how things were meant to be. Brothers united in Christ over something bigger than themselves. And so I hope that's encouraging to you, man, on your dad journey. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.